The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2016 Twin Cities Project. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. And the category of different is like really small, right? So, for instance, has anybody ever been to Thailand here? Okay, some people back there. Um, if you ever go to Thailand, you'll notice that they drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Do they drive on the wrong side of the road in Thailand? No. 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 But you see, but that's that's. But we drive we, on the right side of the road. But we do drive on the right side of the road. <laughs> but see, that's the point. We, we tend to label things as, as right and wrong. So if we label something as wrong, what do we want to do? We want to fix it, right? We want to make it right. And so I don't have to adjust to it. I don't have to understand it. I want to fix it. And so what happens if I share my wisdom on why your culture is wrong and try to fix it and you don't receive my wisdom, then what? Um, somebody up here put wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> but if I share my wisdom on why your culture is wrong and what you need to do to fix it and you reject my wisdom, not only do I dislike your culture, I dislike. Right. Attacked me at my core. Yeah, yeah. And so, if I'm that, if I get in that position with you, am I going to be able to share Christ with you? Or if I do, are you going to listen to me? No, no. So, so we have this very, this very narrow category of different, and so we need to, we need to broaden that category of different, realizing that things in culture just sometimes just things are different. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. Now. Before, before we get into that too much, there are things in culture that are wrong when it goes against biblical. There are things, because culture and religion is so interwoven for most cultures, different than Western culture, we tend to compartmentalize and keep a lot of things separate. But Muslim culture, a lot of Asian culture, Buddhist culture, it's just so interwoven. So it, it's so understanding what is right and wrong. So some things, but a lot of things are just different. Okay. So do we accept that? Because like in the Middle Eastern culture, like it's an eye for an eye. And so like, you know, if you hurt one of them, they hurt one of you. I guess that's kind of that's the culture. Do we accept that, or where do we draw that line? Then? Yeah, things that are anti that go against biblical values and biblical principles. Yeah, we don't accept it. But the question is, how do we go about changing? Yes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, exactly. So, so we can go and preach against the behavior. Yeah. But that's not necessarily going to change it. So, for instance, um, I have a good friend uh, named Brad Buser. All right, so he went into he was spent twenty five years in a tribe in Papua New Guinea, and he goes into the tribe, and one of the practices of that tribe is is rape, and he said every every girl by the time they're ten or twelve have been raped multiple times, and so, but how did he change that culture? He didn't go in and start preaching against rape. What they did go in, and remember, it gives that circle in and begin to preach and teach and change the worldview and understand who God is and God created us and the value of people and lostness. And, and then as they, as this tribe then turned to Christ, guess what they stopped doing? Yeah. And then men started treating their wives different and rape stopped. 
and all these kinds of things. So we don't accept it, but it's change. Almost a general, is it almost like a generational issue? Like you probably maybe target a certain generation more than, you know, like maybe target the youth as far as we're trying to change. Do you spend more time with the youth or do you spend more time with the ones that are engaging in the mm -hmm. activities? Yeah. I'm cultures a little bit different. Yeah. And so you have cultures that are the oldest member of the family. They the run that makes, makes the decisions. Um, some people that are here in the United States, the kids are more open to mm -hmm. being shared the gospel and maybe being able to be a transformational life when they go back or go home. But a lot of times it's top down from other cultures are more paternalistic. Yeah. Who, if the gospel is important, then you communicate it to the people in the community that are most important. Because if I communicate it to the not important, they're not going to see the message as important. Okay, for instance, when we were living in a neighborhood mostly, um, and so we started a Bible club in the backyard, and all these, all these kids came to Bible club. We thought we'd use this to you know, get into the home and, and reach the parents, but it didn't really happen. Because they're like, oh, that's for the kids. And that's how they saw it, that's for the kids. And so then when we, uh, we, we as a community, as a church, started looking at, okay, what people groups are we not engaging here? And there was, so it was a, a minority group for a large number. We started sponsoring this stuff. And so this time, instead of doing stuff for the kids, we gathered the leaders of the community together and said, how can we help you? And they had a list of things. And so one of them was setting up English club. So we did set up English club, but we done it with the parents, and now we're in the homes of these families, of these parents, and they were involved in it, and, and so we were really ministering to the parents as we were reaching the kids. So we took a whole different approach, and so communicating the gospel, or communicating even whatever's important to those that are most important, because what does that say about the gospel if I take it yeah. to the kids first? You know, so understanding culture, I think, is really important. So, yeah, good question. So right and wrong, like, I have a friend, she's Korean, American, grew up, in, grew up in Southern California. She's a missionary in Asia now. And uh, she told me that uh, in Korean culture, if an elder is talking to you, you don't look him in the eye, you look down. Because that shows disrespect. Oh, gosh. Right? Then she would go to school, okay? And if, if okay, if I'm tough, this is my daughter back here, Lily. Hi. The pretty one. Hi. <laughs> If I'm talking to Lily and she's not looking at me, look at me, right? Look at me, because that shows respect. Now, which one is right? Does, you know, so my friend, my friend Jennifer, she talked about, she'd go home, look at her mom, don't look at me, that's disrespectful. Then she'd go to school like that, and the teacher say, look at me when I talk to you, be respectful. Uh, which one's right, which one's wrong? Yeah, well, it, just, it just depends on culture. So, so that's one of those instances where it's just different. And it's not right, it's not wrong. All right. So, a uh, little bit more about this misattribution and remedying that. So one is getting to know the, the culture, the, the values and beliefs behind the behavior. What are some ways to know that culture? You definitely have to be super vulnerable. Kind of just die on your own. I mean, you're going to have all those initial feelings. Mm -hmm. You just got to get you got to be willing to become a kid and ask questions, be laughed at, make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So you're asking a lot of questions. And so who do you ask those questions of? Somebody in the culture, right? 
So a cultural helper, somebody in that culture that, that you know, you find those people that just have your best interests in mind, and they want to help you, and they'll answer those questions. And I tell you, having a cultural helper in another culture is huge. We get invited to a wedding. Now, there's not mailboxes and, and postmans postman and all this kind of stuff, so they hand-deliver. And if you get hand-delivered an invitation to go to the wedding, it's kind of expected you're going to go. You pull the invitation out, you read it, and then that envelope, you're supposed to put money in and take it and give as a gift. You don't take a toaster and a blender and things like that, because <laughs> they don't use them. So you put money in this thing and you take it. So now we're faced with the dilemma, how much money do we take? Okay, We're a foreigner with these people who have invited us. I certainly don't want to give too little. But I also don't want to give too much. So how do I know? You see how that can become a stressful situation? Uh, to the point where it's like, you know what, I'm just not going to go because I don't know what to do. And that's what happens to a lot of missionaries. And, they, they, I just, and then they withdraw and pull back. So we went to a cultural helper couple. And that's what we should do. So talking to them like, OK, this person, and you're this, and maybe you know them through this person, whatever. This is how much you should put in. How, how good was that? We, now we knew exactly what to put in, and we could go to the wedding with confidence, knowing that we had given the right amount, and it went relaxed and able to go and enjoy and learn and see the wedding and see what people do. So important. So learning a culture, getting a culture helper. Now, some of you that are still in school, think about an international student coming here and the things that they don't know and they don't understand about culture. What if you were a cultural helper to them? Instead of laughing at them because they don't know how to make mistakes, right? I remember we had we had a team here. We talked about we the, the, the team from I think they were from Kansas from college. We talked about how Chinese eat with chopsticks and, and put it in their mouth. Oh, really? That's part of their culture. We just thought we see this Chinese guy. And we always didn't want to sit by him because we thought, man, he's a pig <laughs> the way he eats. They just didn't realize it was just cultural. They go, oh, we need to go back and hang out with him. You know, so um, another another way to eliminate misattribution, we kind of hit on this a little bit about right, wrong, and different. It's just also understanding our own culture, right? Because sometimes we look through our cultural lenses, not at our culture. And so, looking through those lenses, we tend to think that what we do is right, and everything, whether it's right or wrong, is measured by our own culture. So this is the right way to do things; they do it wrong. And so understanding what is just culture, you know, within our culture, so we understand, well, they just do that different. It's not necessarily right or wrong. So, um, you know, so basically, we're trying to be a square peg fitting in a round hole, right? So if we're not willing to knock off some of our squareness, what does that communicate to the other culture? What are some things that communicates to them? Pride. Pride. Yeah. I, I, I do things right. <laughs> I know more. Mm -hmm. What else? Kind of an extension of that, but superiority. Mm -hmm. Superiority. Mm -hmm. Good. What else? Lack of care. Lack of care. I just I don't care much about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't care enough to learn. Mm -hmm. So we want them to change. Uh, we want them to change. We're not, yeah, we're not going to adjust. We're not, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, 
with that kind of an attitude entering a culture, how how much are we going to share the gospel? <laughs> There's no, no door open, right? So if we're willing to knock off some of that squareness, then what does that communicate to the other culture? What are some things that communicates? I mean, you have an understanding of sacrifice, so uh, they're more willing to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think for me, I feel like they care more about me than they care about like, pushing their ideas on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they really care about me, they want to learn about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it shows some humility, opposite of pride, right? It shows humility. I care. I can learn from you. You, you have value. And, and so now where it's reciprocal, now we're sharing with each other. And now there's an openness. Can we share Christ then? I mean, it's a lot better opportunity to share Christ than that. Any other, other, any other observations? from these words. Look at this one copycat. Are there dangers of walking into a culture and just copying and mimicking what you see? What are are some of the dangers of mimicking or copying culture? I mean, it could give them the impression, I mean, because you were an evidence of the gospel, or that's what you're bringing to them, and so if you're doing something that contradicts the gospel so that that might confuse them later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might send a wrong message. Yeah. In, in Thailand and Laos, they, they why. This is called why. Right? So, so I cop or so I eat. Well, how do I, where do I, because people put, you know, do I do it here, do I do it here, do it here, because they mean different. Mm-hmm. Oh. So depending on where maybe I put my hands, I'm communicating a whole different message. So the monks, no, I do say it because he's bald. You say, oh, somebody, somebody, and I put my hands way up here. It's showing that I think that he's like above human, you know? So if I'm mimicking and I see, oh, the monks, this is how you use somebody monks. You know, and I don't realize that I'm actually saying that he's more than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you make a lot of different cultural errors communicating wrong. Mm-hmm. What else might it communicate if you mimic or copy? They're trying to be one of their culture. Like, mm-hmm. As hard as any of us try, we're never going to be mm-hmm. Hmong or Indian. Or... Yeah. Yeah, you're too tall to be Hmong. You're not wrong. <laughs> you, you, you might, it might come across as mocking, right? Because right. you're doing, you're mimicking something you don't even know really what the meaning is. You might see the behavior, but you know the values or the belief behind it. You know, so it might come across even as mocking. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, in San Diego we worked in their city with Asians, so worked with a lot of Asian gang gangbangers, you know. And I didn't walk around like this. You know, what's up, dude? <laughs> you know? No. no, man, they're a poser, man. They, that doesn't work to mimic, <laughs> copy, because it comes across not genuine, right? And not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you guys say about these first couple words? Okay. Look at column number three. What do you what do you notice about these words in column number three from both both cultures? There's more overlap here. Yeah, there's a lot of the same, isn't there? 
a lot of the same feeling, thoughts and feelings. They're all still negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so look at these words. What's going on here? What are people experiencing? <laughs> Think about what's a, what's a word? What's a, what's, what's a label that we might call this? Stress. Stress. When you enter another culture, what do we call it? Culture shock. Culture shock. Good, Megan. Yeah. This, you, you guys are experiencing culture shock. You're feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, or nervous, confused. You're, you feel left out. You're out of place. Intimidated. I mean, look at all these words. It's, it's that feeling of, of, of you don't know the rules of behavior in that culture, and so you're feeling these things, and that's culture shock. And notice this, both sides, right? Both sides. Everybody experiences culture shock at varying levels, but everybody experiences it. And so Satan can really use culture shock, you know? You're not spiritual. You're, 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 you can't do this. You should just go home. <laughs> you know, stay inside. These people don't know anything. They're not educated. Like all kinds of things. And then, who does that begin to make us focus on? On ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're at a place where we're not being able to build relationships and really share with people. Yeah. So. Everybody's going to feel this. How did we react to it? Look at box number four. What do you see there? How did, how, how did we react? The observations you make from those words. Some people that try to fit in, just trying to stay secluded, kind of one or the other. Yeah. Somebody just like jumped in and just, I'm going to try to, <laughs> I'm going to get creative and figure this out, you know? Um, try harder, took action, but some, man, I feel homesick, I just, I just want to go back to my culture. <laughs> Turn your books to page 11 now, Turn the next page. Let's kind of put all this together, and you're going to see, you're going to see a diagram like this. So, we're going to take kind of these four boxes and put it into a diagram. So, whenever you enter a culture, you're going to meet cultural differences, right? That, that's, that outer circle, behavior. You're, you're, just cultures do things different, so you're gonna meet cultural differences. And many times that causes culture shock, dissonance, disharmony, these things we mentioned here. So, um, are any of those words here? Yeah, pretty much the same words, right? That's, that's culture shock, feeling those things, all right? Now, so when we feel that, what's our response? Well, oftentimes, our response is to criticize, rationalize, withdraw. The, my, you know, rationalize, these people are whatever, I don't need to understand this, I need to change this, uh, they won't listen, I hate these people, it gets, you know. And so the result is then what? There's alienation, isolation, broken relationships. And here we are sitting in this culture. We've got no friends. We, we don't even like these people now. No opportunity to share Christ. Now, the question is, how, how did we end up here? And I think the key is entry posture. 
And so maybe we went in with, and these couple of words were already shared, like superiority, little prejudice. Think about going in on a short-term mission trip. And I'm not picking on short-term mission trips, but maybe I am. <laughs> Why are you going on a short-term mission trip many times? We're going to go help these poor fish. <laughs> we're going to go help these poor fish, right? They're struggling, even though we don't really know what's going on. We don't really know that culture. We don't really understand what's all behind it, but we go in. So we go in with, already, we go in with some superiority. And maybe even a little prejudice. Maybe suspicion, fear. We go in with these kinds of feelings. And so we meet those, those differences, maybe confirm some of those things, and we begin to criticize and rationalize, and it leads to isolation. So if entry posture is the key, then what kind of posture do we want to have? So we want to go in with a real learner's posture. Not as a teacher, but as a learner, right? As a student. And so we go in with, with an openness. We're going in to learn. That there's, these people have value. What can I learn from them? Um, with some acceptance. A real trust, adaptability. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to learn. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to... I'm going to Learn those good things of culture. Every culture has great things in it. Things that we enjoy. I mean, I miss living in a lot of ways. A lot of things about the culture there that I love so much. Um, so when we go into this learner's posture, this we're, we're, we're going there to learn, we're going there to adapt, learn, adjust. We want to know these people. And guess what? We're still gonna make, we're still gonna end up cultural differences and we're gonna feel some of that culture shock. But now because we've went in with an, a learner's posture, our response is going to be different. Right? Our response is going to be one where we're going to observe what's going on. We're going to be initiating conversations. We're going to be asking questions. We're going to be listening to responses. We're going to ask follow-up questions to that. And we're just going in as learners. And, and we're learning how to knock the squareness off. And, and we're, we're, letting, we're displaying to them that they have value, that we care, that we want to know, we want to learn, we want to understand. And now what are the results? Now there's a real rapport and understanding and we then are beginning to build deepening relationships, true friendships. And now from that position, we're able to really, we've already displayed the life of Christ and the love of Christ through our life and now we can begin to share it even through our words. So, the goal is we want to stay in the green and stay out of the red. But if we do dip down the red, we get that learner's posture back and we go and we, and we begin to ask questions. Alright, any questions about that? Are there questions you say to avoid when asking questions? Okay. Yeah, glad you asked because we're going we're gonna to talk about that right now. So, the way we're going to do that Good question. What's your name? Andrew. Andrew. R or B? R. R. Okay. Uh, who's the other Andrew? Oh, you're Andrew. He's going to break him. He's what? We call him break him. Break him? That's his last name. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give each group, each culture is going to have three minutes to ask the other culture questions. Okay? And I think you probably already explained in the room. Ask, answer the questions that are asked. Don't elaborate. 
Don't give them more than they ask. You're not trying to trick them, but, and also when you answer questions, answer through the eyes of your culture, okay? So answer like a beaten, answer like an alpha, through your culture, thinking about not only your behavior, but think about the values behind that, and those kinds of things, okay? So, um, so definitely incorrect assumptions were made, and probably a lot of that was because looking through. I mean, even some of the questions, right, were asked through cultural lenses. Can you think of any of those questions that were asked through cultural lenses? I think yeah. ours was like, how do you win the game? Yeah. Right. Maybe there wasn't a game. There's, was yours a game? I mean, how do you win? But it really, it really wasn't yeah, about really winning. It didn't really matter, right? Yeah. It was about relationships. So it's like, how do we win this game? It's like, how do you get how do you get welcomed into? Well, you just walk up and trade. There's really no welcoming in. But your culture very much you have to be welcomed in. So a lot of questions were asked through cultural lenses, right? So what questions were most effective, and what questions were offensive that you asked just now? What, 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 what kind of questions are effective? Ones that are more like why or how, explaining like the process rather than just like, what is this? Okay. So yeah, more and more of an open-ended. Yeah. It's probably good to not ask a question starting with the word why. Why, why would that be? It's the connotation that there is something wrong with it. Yeah, it, it, it can come across judgmental, you know? So rather than say, why do you do that? Say, I noticed that you do this. Can you tell me the meaning of it? How did that happen? How did that become? Or what's the significance of that? You know? And I think it was obvious that we didn't know why we did some things. It's just, that's what we did. It's our culture. Yeah. Isn't that true? Look, a lot of things. Because it's just the way it's always been done. Yeah. And so a lot of times when you ask people, why do you do that? It's just what we do it. And that way everybody does it. I mean, Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. What other questions? Effective or offensive? I'd say ones that like were effective were the ones that really like, hit the heart and that got us excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So like when they asked about like trading system and how we win, like that <laughs> yeah, we were excited talking. to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Speaking of language. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Halfway. Halfway. <laughs> <laughs> like the the follow-up questions are almost always more effective than the initial mm. question. Okay. Why is that? Because uh, it, it, the initial question could just be a yes or a no, or a simple straightforward mm -hmm. answer, but the more questions you ask about the same subject, the deeper you get. You go a little deeper and start getting to maybe some of the values behind that behavior. And yeah, I think you change your lens, kind of adding on to that. Mm -hmm. It's true because they would, they would answer yes or no if they could get away with it, but if you ask it in a more meaningful way, then mm -hmm. they kind of have to answer it. Mm -hmm. I feel more inclined to. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. You know, um, in, in, about asking questions, you know, you observe and you ask questions about what you observe. And be careful about sometimes we ask, you know, asking questions through our own cultural lenses. You know, if I meet somebody in my culture, one of my first questions is, hey, what's your name? Right, um, but that would never happen in Laos. First of all, I use family terms for everybody. So, somebody's older than me, I call him uncle. Or if somebody's younger, I call Nong. 
younger brother, younger sister. A name is kind of personal, so you don't ask somebody a name. In, in Laos, if somebody's walking down the street, I'll say to them, Pai Sai, or Pai Sai Ma, where are you going? Where are you coming from? If you're walking down the street, and I'm sitting, I don't know you, and I'm sitting on my porch, <laughs> yes. you walk by and say, hey, where are you coming from? What would you think? Uh, are, yeah, not, who are you? <laughs> you know? Because that's personal. But it's obvious you're coming from somewhere and going somewhere. It's obvious. You know? If you're fat, it's obvious. I can see, how much do you weigh? That's obvious. I can see you're fat. I don't have to, you know? Right? But, but personal questions like maybe your name or something like that, I might not ask until I know you better. Wow. You know? So different. So, yeah, so, so sometimes we tend to ask questions through our own cultural lenses, and we have to be careful to assume that, you know? Or asking, how do you say hi in your language? And, you know, best people that make today. Because they have to think about it, because you know what? They don't say hi. They don't say hi. They have different greetings. Um, some cultures, it's, hey, have you eaten yet? You know? Somali culture, nomadic culture, one of the things they say when you, when you greet somebody is, hey, what's the news? Because nomadic culture, they want to hear. It's not hi. You know? So instead of saying, how do you say hi in your language? What's a different question you could ask? How do you greet? Yeah, how do you greet somebody in your language? And then, who do I greet? In Laos, we say sabayi. If I go to a kid and say sabayi, kid looks at me like, what are you doing that for? You're an adult. I'm a kid. You don't survive me. You know? So, you know, how do I greet somebody the same age as me? How do I greet maybe somebody older? Somebody younger? How do I greet a female? Do I greet a female if I'm a male? All these kinds of questions. You know, so be careful about assuming things even when we begin asking questions. Um, Everything to add? Yeah, just making sure that you know, as you begin to ask questions, you know, start out wide and more mm -hmm. broad. Mm -hmm. um, it just helps to allow them to understand that you are a learner. You're trying to learn about their culture, and you can kind of narrow that down a little bit. But if they seem standoffish or if they don't want to ask a question, it's probably because you're getting too personal. So you want to back up and just kind of a more broad scope again. And then as you continue in a relationship or a friendship or different things like that, you can get a little bit more into the values of what's happening. But at the beginning, just watch the behaviors and ask questions about behaviors that will help you to learn the values of what that looks like. Yeah, instead of why do you do that, say, I notice Somali people, you know, and can you tell me about that? What's the significance? What's the meaning? And then you can, yeah. All right, um, last question then. What, what, is, what is something you can take away from this tomorrow to use when you go to the Hindu temple or the Somali market? Just something, something you learned, something that was revealed or something that was reinforced and, that you can use. What, what is, what's some takeaways from this? Walk with extreme humility because, like, even though we had like three chances to observe, we still didn't fully understand them. Mm -hmm. and so, even though you still think you're figuring it out, you yeah. be cautious with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you might ask one person a question, 
but you might ask three other people the same question and see how they answer it. Because not everybody's going to answer the question exactly the same. So if you're going to do it, you want to be careful about asking one person a question and say, oh, these people are like that. <laughs> right? So like our team in Laos, every time somebody, everybody on our team, every time they had a conversation, they would share with everybody else through email or when we got together to meet and say, I had this conversation with so-and-so and there was, we, there was this cloth wrapped around the tree and this is what it meant. Has anybody else talked to somebody about that? And what did they say? And kind of compile information so that we weren't just building something around one conversation, but broader. So good. Other takeaways? Can I ask a question? Yep. How do you balance the tension between like, the intensity of God's glory for the nations, being in the story, like that kind of excitement, that kind of vision, seeing the end of the story with like listening, learning, not getting ahead of yourself, not like having to like go with the gospel. Yeah, or like having this like big, you have this big picture in your mind, mm. and but yet your first step is just to just learn. Like, how do you balance that tension? Mm. Um, first thing to come to mind is if because of this, I want them to understand it. And if I want to understand it, I have to understand their culture so I know how to explain it. I know how to present it. I know how to communicate it clearly. You know, so. Um, so yeah, that, so that makes me want to be a learner. I want to understand so I know how to communicate this in a way that, you know, speaks to your worldview. Because I want to see that worldview transformed. I want to see that changed. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I think, can I? I was going to add on to that. Yep. So, kind of taking from that phrase, uh, we were told before going on just something short term, but it's kind of like, so uh, as Rick was saying earlier, we tend to stay in the enjoy my grace, but not the extend my glory side of things. But when we do go to extend my glory, we forget about enjoy my grace. So, I think that one way of helping is like remembering that they're counterbalanced. So, mm -hmm. it's like if I'm extending my glory right now, I'm not only doing that. Also enjoying the grace, so it's like you're not called to work and just Yeah. Yeah, I think it's we we want them to hear the true gospel, right? And until they have a really good grasp, they never. A lot of these people have never heard of Jesus. They think he's a prophet. They think he's a good man. They think he's just another god. They think all these different things, and until we can understand and put it in perspective, where they really understand that he is the Son of God. He did come to us. He died and he was resurrected in a way that is culturally understandable for them. Mm -hmm. um, we're giving them a, a kind of almost a false religion sometimes, mm -hmm. and so that's we have to be there and do the really, really hard work. Mm -hmm. But it's so worth being able to give that gospel to mm -hmm. them in a way where they then can go, ah, this will actually set me free from mm -hmm all the different things that I go through or all the you know, a certain mm -hmm. aspects of my culture and religion that are so tied together it can break those bondages so that I can actually be free to worship and to serve Christ. We started we have an English school. We started English school there. Students they pay they, they, they pay a decent price. It's it, you know so we have business people, community leaders, people drive cars, some drive BMWs to school, okay? So they're educated people, have jobs, whatever. 
And so my colleague Sam, from, he's from England, and his class was Friday, it was Good Friday. And so to start off his class, he said, you know, in my country, today's a holiday. They can't figure out, well, you know, do you know what a holiday? Nobody knows. He said it's a holiday in several countries around the world. Does anybody know? Nobody figured out. He says, the reason it's a holiday is because a famous person died on this day. Nobody knows. And what made it amazing is this famous person died, but three days later, he came back to life. And they're like, no way, because we would know this. How can we not know this if the, you know, countries are celebrating this? Yeah. And he said, yeah, and this person was Jesus. And they're like, no, I've never heard of you. I don't know. You know? So that, that slows you down, because when you realize they never even heard his name, I, I, I can't rush into me. I got to, like, yeah, go slow into it. So... All right, do you find this helpful? Do you think this would be some things would be helpful tomorrow as you go and as you share and as you're just engaging conversations and stuff? So, all right, good news. But yeah, last question. I think, like, in America, it seems like a lot of people know Jesus. They've just already rejected him. And so what do we do with those people? Yeah. There's a lot of people that they kind of have ideas or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think even with them, we ask questions. Because why have they rejected Jesus? What do they even understand about Jesus? Yeah. What, what what are those objections? And maybe maybe they haven't even heard a clear understanding, you know, of Christ. Just had that Western perception of yeah you know, of mm -hmm. Christianity, and it's not mm -hmm. always a very good one. The way it's being yeah. Well, I, yeah. Sometimes there's two reasons people haven't become a Christian. One is they they they, they don't know a Christian. Who can tell them? Second reason is they know a Christian. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's just close and thank God for the day. Um, Brian, would you do that for us? Just thank sure. God for the day and, and just uh, yeah, the rest of night. Dear Father, I'm just so thankful for this time to come together, uh, this time to learn about you, about the story, um, and your word. I'm just so thankful to just see it more clearly um, today. And Father, I just pray that. As we go to sleep tonight, that the things that are bouncing around our heads, all the thoughts and maybe cultures that we're thinking of, and just our own people groups back in, in our in our uh, areas, Father, you just you just open our eyes to see how we can um, be a light to them and also understand them, um, not for all the wrong things they do, but for how they're different and unique from us. Um, Father, I just pray. Uh, for us tonight, and that you would open our eyes tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at cominneapolis.org.